This is the Real Estate Foundation, your show for massive action with proven results. Raise your life and your legacy with real estate. Are you ready to take your multifamily game to the next level? Well, you need to join us October 12th, Saturday, October 12th, for our one-day multifamily foundation workshop. We're going to bring it to you live. We got a list of 15 speakers that are going to go through the process of everything it takes to get your mind right, get the deal right, learn the terms, understand the markets, learn how to find the deals, learn how to underwrite the deals, learn how to put your team together, everything from property managers to brokers to insurance companies. Beyond that, what's the proper way to raise funds for a deal and how to close a deal and what to do after you take over a deal. So it's going to be a huge event. It's going to be awesome for you to join us. Got a great space. It's going to be here in New Jersey, in Springfield, New Jersey. Of course, it's going to be a one-day event, but we got everything packed in from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Right now, if you put in the code workshop, you're going to get a special discount. And again, that code is workshop, but you need to go to multifamilyfoundationworkshop.com. Again, www.multifamilyfoundationworkshop.com and go fast because we've sold a ton of tickets for this. I actually was able to get a bigger room, so but that's filling up quickly as well. So again, www.multifamilyfoundationworkshop.com. Put in the code uh, workshop. There we go. Got that down and look forward to seeing you so we can all take massive action together. Well, hello again and welcome to another edition of the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast with Jason and Peely. As you can see, Jason is here today, so we'll do our best. But Peely is out there making it happen. But you're in good hands because we had an awesome show probably about 200 episodes ago where we touched on this topic. But back today is Emmanuel Guarino. And last time we actually had his dad on the show, but we're excited to have Emmanuel here. Hey, Emmanuel, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Excited to be here. Awesome. So here's a little bit more about Emmanuel. He's a sought-after coach and trainer at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. The RIL Academy is the premier source for education in owning, operating, and investing in residential assisted living and senior housing. Emmanuel has trained people from across the country on how to turn a single-family home into a cash flow machine. We're going to touch more on that today. RAL's Academy motto is do good and do well. And Emmanuel is also the number one realtor for arrested a residential assisted living in Arizona. And so, Emmanuel, with that said, talk to us. I mean, so what is this concept? You know, we, we know what it is. We, we've, of course, touched base on it, but there's a lot of people here are just saying residential assisted living. What does that even mean? Yeah, most definitely. It, it is a newer concept to a lot of people, even living in uh, Arizona, you know, which we call God's waiting room sometimes, you know, <laughs> a lot of people, <laughs> they're not quite familiar with this topic. And even when I, I met my wife, you know, she's like, what, what is this guy doing? It took her a couple of weeks to kind of fully understand. But what we do is uh, we run residential assisted living homes, which is an assisted living in a home instead of a large facility like you may have seen or a large nursing home, it's done in a single family home. So what we do is we actually run those type of homes, we teach on how to do those type of homes, and then my wife and I, we also sell those type of homes as well. So we do a little bit of everything in the industry, um, but what that might look like um, you know, to one of your listeners who's not familiar with it, in the home we might have a, a single family home, we might have 10 residents who are living there, and we're helping them out with activities of daily living. So cooking, cleaning, getting up and out of bed, uh, bathing, showering, 
you know, not um, medical care, right? Not nurses and doctors, things like that, activities of daily living. And in that home, there might be, you know, two caregivers who are taking care of the residents. But let's just use that home as an example. Let's say we have 10 residents. Um, you know, right now, the national average to live in a uh, private room in an assisted living is $4,000 a month. And we can jump into that in a second, but $4,000 a month times 10 residents, that's bringing us in around $40,000 each month. You know, the expenses for a home like that might be twenty to 25000 So at the end of the day, that one home could be bringing in five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000, depending on that particular month. So that's why it is a very interesting concept um, where a lot of people are really starting to get interested in this and wanting to learn more about it. So that's great. And, and if you touch on that topic right there, and I, I guess I have to make one point. So you actually sell these homes. Mm-hmm. Do you actually, when you list the home, do you list it with this topic or you, or you have buyers who are already lined up? Talk to us about that strategy because we've yeah. never actually talked about from the real estate agent side. How to, how yeah, to so one of the big things when I was first getting uh, involved in this industry, you know, my father was teaching on how to do these homes and he had these homes and we all kind of thought he was a little crazy. We're like, what are you doing? You got these, you know, seniors and these homes and we didn't quite understand it. Um, my father, he handed me the purple book, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I read through that thing in like 20 minutes. And um, at that point, I was like, all right, real estate is where I want to be. And I wasn't quite involved in assisted living at that point, but we were at an event one time, my father and I, and we saw Robert Kiyosaki across the room and, and we're just like, oh my gosh, it's Robert Kiyosaki. How cool is that? And he catches our eye and we're looking at each other and he starts walking towards us and we're like, oh, he must be walking to somebody behind us, right? And he walks up to my father and he says, hey, you're the assisted living guy. You know, I got some questions for you and this, this and that. I'm like, oh my goodness, my head pretty much exploded at that point. I'm like, this is incredible. You know, the, the godfather of real estate investing, he's talking to my dad. And, you know, at that point, I kind of put two and two together that this might be a good thing I'd want to get interested in. So at that point, you know, I went out to one of uh, my dad's trainings and I, I was in college at the time. I just said, dad, I want to be involved in whatever way I can. Just tell me what I can do. Let me help. And he said, you know what, some of them, they just need homes, you know, to they need good businesses. So I just went out and I just started calling everybody and going to see homes. And I was finding our students a lot of these homes. And so that was really my start into the industry. And then it's built up from there. But for these type of homes, yeah, that's what we specialize in is selling existing, existed living businesses in residential settings. That's what we do. So man, there's a lot of ways we can go, but I'm going to start with the market. What makes for a viable market to be able to do this? Yeah. Well, are there people getting older there, right? That's the first thing. (laughs) So that, there you go. That's about everywhere in America. Um, you know, one of the big things people sometimes will say, well, that might not work in my market because I don't live in an Arizona or a Florida. And I made the joke earlier, right? God's waiting room, right? And that's a joke. But you know, with people at this stage of their lives, you know, when someone retires at 65, usually that's when they make that move down to Florida, right? If they're living in New York or New Jersey like yourself, you know, that's usually when they move down. Not when someone's in their 80s or their 90s. That's not when they say, well, now that I've lived here for 80, 90 years, I'm going to go move down to Florida. So there's people all across the country who need this service, whether it's in New Jersey or California or Texas or Florida, wherever it is, there's people who need this. So what we're looking for and what we really specialize in, the way that we teach on how to do this is the segment of the market that we're looking in is slightly above average, right? So when someone is moving into our assisted living home, we said, you know, for an example, $4,000 a month 
is the national average to be in a private room. So $4,000, that does sound like a lot, but if you add up your expenses each month, you know, between food and entertainment, living, everything like that, you're probably somewhere in the three to $5,000 range month each and every month. And um, so with that being said, we want to focus on people who can afford to be in our homes. So we're looking for a slightly above average uh, type demographic uh, financially. And really, uh, we're looking for the children of the uh, parents who are going to be moving into these homes because the people who are helping pay are usually the children, right? And they're saying, hey, I want mom or dad. I want them to live close nearby. So we're looking for, you know, essentially baby boomers who are paying for their parents to be there. So people between, you know, 50 and 70, right? A lot of times that's kind of where do they live in well-established neighborhoods with higher incomes. That's where we really want to focus in for the most part and what we're focusing on when we're looking for that right location. So you find this home that, that, that fits, of course, the approach. What's, what's the marketing plan look like? How are, you, how are you finding these people who are between 50 and 70 who, who maybe have, have, meet this threshold that want to move yeah. in? Well, one of, the, <clears throat> one of the big things is, you know, you can look on the internet and just find demographics. You know, I love city data and Movoto. You know, there's a lot of great data out there. So you can find those areas, um, you know, for the most part online. But when it comes to finding the actual residents to move into the home, that's when it um, becomes a situation of, hey, we need to get our name out there. So one of the things, you know, we say is, hey, if you can put a sign out front, put a sign out front. If the city allows you, if they don't allow you, hey, that's okay. It's about relationships in this business. If you have the right relationships, people will want to move into your home. And it's really a reputation type business as well. Because when someone is looking for an assisted living, right, they want it to be a place where, hey, my mom or my dad is going to be in a safe spot in a good area, they want all those things for their parents. So seeing something online is one thing, but a reputation is what really sells that home to the community. So whether I'm talking to a social worker or you know nurses or doctors, and just getting our names out there, sending out a business card, you know, a box full of cookies, whatever it may be, building those relationships, that's an important thing. And then in addition, when we're starting that home, doing an open house, right? The people in the neighborhood are like, what is this? You know, I don't know what this is. And so when you have that open house and that neighbor, the neighbors can walk in, they go, wait a minute, I could move my mom or dad into this home and I can go visit them every day if I wanted to. This is awesome. Right. And even if it's not right for them, they're going to tell their friends about it. So it's about building those relationships, building that reputation. That's the biggest thing when it comes to filling that home. And so you usually have, you know, let's say one or two caregivers and, and included in this, right? So utilities are included, foods included, kind of like, you, you know, what else usually is typically included? Yeah. So of course, you know, we got food and newspapers and magazines and we got electricity and the caregivers, the managers. Um, but then one of the things that always comes up, people always say, well, what about insurances, right? Well, I'm sure insurance is super high and this and that. And the first thing that that person needs to realize is that this is not a doctor's office. This is not a medical facility. It's not medical malpractice insurance, right? This is a home. And we do have insurance uh, for our, our homes and everything like that, just in case something happens. Um, I believe, and it's really easy to remember, it's called professional liability insurance for a group home in a residential setting, right? Just rolls right off the top, just like yeah, that. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> You know, it's about, um, you know, we are quoted about a dollar a day um, for our homes per resident. So if you have 10 residents, 30 days in a month, you know, $300 um, over the course of that month. So it's a line item. 
But some people are thinking, well, you're probably getting sued and this and that. And what happens if somebody falls? And you know, what people need to realize is that the reason why someone's in an assisted living home is because they're there because if they fall, they need someone there to help them get them yeah. to the doctors, help them up. Because if they were living on their own and they fall, then that's like a horror story waiting to happen. We don't want that. So that's actually the, one of the main reasons why they're there. So that way there is someone there. But some people will go, well, you know, wouldn't people be upset and this and that? And, you know, we have to realize as well, too, the people in our homes, 80s, 90s, they may be living there for, let's say someone's living there for seven years and they're paying $5,000 a month to live there, mm -hmm. right? When you start adding up that math, right, mom or dad has lived a very good, very long life. You know, if they fall, they go to the doctors, they come back, two months later, they pass away after living there for five, six, seven years, paying five, six, seven thousand dollars a month, you know, of course nobody wants their mom or dad to go, but you know, it's understood, right? You know, life is, we only have so much time. And so that's one of the big things is most people, when mom or dad does pass on, it's, it's understood, you know, as the business owner, we want mom or dad to be there forever, right? We don't ever want them to leave. But, you know, it's just understood. It's at a time in their lives where this is something that's going to happen. It's not something where it's a surprise. We know that that's going to happen. And that's in the expenses as well when we're calculating out everything from that standpoint. Well, what's a typical lease? Is this a month-to-month -month thing, a year lease, or how do you form leases? That's a great question. Uh, one of the cool things about our homes and about assisted living is that the residents who are in the home, it's not a tenant landlord agreement. It's a service agreement. So it's similar to the idea of if I went into a restaurant tonight and I, you know, I went to Outback Steakhouse, let's say. Outback Steakhouse is a plug for your show now, I guess. There you okay, go. Better get, get them as a sponsor. Yep. <laughs> get you some free steaks. So I go to Outback Steakhouse and I have one of their delicious steaks and one of their blooming onions. And then at the end, they hand me the check and I say, oh, I'm not going to pay for that. I'm just going to hang out here and just keep eating. And I'm going to go sleep on that bench uh, because I'm a tenant of this building. They would go, no, you're not. You know, and what they would do is they would go get the biggest bus boys and they would throw me out you know, comically onto the you know, sidewalk yeah. because this is not a tenant landlord agreement. It's a service agreement that I buy into when I walk in there. So with our mm -hmm. uh, residents who are in the home, it's a service agreement. Um, because we're giving them a service um, to be there. So with those contracts, if someone is unable to pay or they're too much care or they're just, quite frankly, not the right fit for our home, we can actually ask them to, hey, you know, we're going to ask you to move on to another home. And what's interesting about uh, this industry versus, you know, let's say single family homes where we're maybe dealing with the lower level class of people or everyone knows what I'm kind of saying there, right? Where they're throwing parties and they're, maybe not uh, the highest in society and they're doing bad stuff to the house and you want them to leave, but you can't ask them to leave. Um, what's nice about this is, is that the people who are moving their mom or dad into the homes, um, they understand, right? If it's not the right fit, they don't want their mom there. Yeah. If they're too much care and we can't take care of them, they're not going, hey, no, 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 you better take care of my mom. They're going, no, no, no. Please tell us where we can go so our mom or dad is in the best hands. And if they can't afford it as well, you know, the idea of us moving mom or dad onto the street, they don't want that, right? They want to move mom or dad to the right place. Now, of course, if someone is the wrong fit or too much care, it can't afford to pay there, we're going to work with them. We're not just like, hey, you got 24 hours, right? right. We'll obviously work with them um, to figure out that best solution. But that's one of the really cool advantages in this industry is that, you know, you can have those things on your side when you're figuring out who are the best people 
people for your home. What are some of the features of a single family home that are, are most beneficial for this? You know, um, really three main things that, well, I, there's a whole bunch of things, but you sure. know, three that are just coming off uh, on the top of my mind. The first one is single level, right? Yeah. So ideally we want a single level home. Um, someone climbing upstairs this stage of their lives, could they do that? Yes. Is that ideal? No. You know, we do have one of our students in Utah. They have a three-story home. They have an elevator in the middle. They got chairlifts. And it works beautifully. It works amazing for this. Hmm. So you can do it in a multi-story home. Um, but ideally, we'd like to have it ranch style home. It's just easier. Don't have to put in anything. That's the way that we'd want to do it. Um, the other thing that we're looking for is nicer homes, right? We're not doing a home in a bad part of town, right? Mom or, or the kids moving their mom or dad in, they want mom or dad to be safe, right? And if they're going to pay four, five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000 a month, they're not paying for mom to be living in the ghetto. They want them to be in a nice area. Yeah. And then the other thing is more bedrooms, more bathrooms. You know, with, in regards to why someone is paying more in one home versus another, it's those amenities, right? Having a private bathroom. I want my own private bathroom, right? Having a private bedroom, right? That's an amenity as well, having a nice view. You know, one of the things with the private bedrooms, whenever I go around and speak across the country, I'll always ask the room, you know, and I'll say, if you had to stay in a hotel tonight and I gave you two options, the first one was $100 a night to be in a private room. And the second option was $75 a night to be in a shared room with a total stranger. Which one would you choose? You know, and everyone's like, I want the first room, right? And then 5% of people are like, I want the second room. And, and that's kind of the same with this is people for the most part are going to want their own private room, private bathroom. So that's the way that we teach and we show you exactly how to get those top rates uh, so you can run your business successfully. What are some of the hurdles or, or pitfalls people face when doing this technique? Mm, great question. So one of the things that's nice about this industry, um, quite honestly, is that there are some barriers to entry. You know, one of the big things um, in regards to competition, those barriers to entry, a lot of times will keep that competition out. So, you know, what do I do for marketing? How do I get these residents in here? You know, how do I take care of them? How do I find the right people? to be working in the home, right? And then how do I get a license? How do I go through the city? Where do I start first? So for a lot of people, when they're trying to get into this industry, you know, everyone knows senior housing is an awesome investment. The demographics are there. Everyone knows that. But when people try to get into it, a lot of times what starts happening is one barrier to entry over the next and they start to slow down and that momentum slows down and they go, you know what, I'm gonna go back hmm. and I'm gonna go focus on those other things. And, you know, other industries in real estate are amazing, right? You know, you got single family, fix and flip, wholesale apartments. They're great. But one of the, you know, almost downsides of that is, hey, if you got money, you can buy one, you hire a company, they take care of it, right? Done. Boom, boom, boom. Doesn't take a whole lot of experience to do it. With this, it does take some knowledge to be able to run that home successfully and also to get those residents in there. So that's a couple of the nice things about this industry is that there are some barriers to entry. And it kind of keeps that competition out, which is a really good thing when you're in the industry like we are, you know, and, and that's kind of a nice thing. Um, but that would be the biggest thing is just that knowledge gap of what do I do if this happens? How do I get, you know, my license? How do I get the residence? How do I do all those things? Is this a good deal? Is this a bad deal? Is this the right area? Is this the wrong area? There's a lot of variables that go into that. And that's what we do at the academy is obviously teach you how to get through all those and save time, money, and effort because the wheel has already been designed. You know, when we were getting into this industry, um, my father, he was 
asking people, you know, can you show me how to do it? And please help me and this and that. And people were like, I don't want to share my secrets with you. And you know, this and that, nobody wanted to share. And the people who did want to share, let's just say their information was free for a reason, right? It was yep. very expensive, free information. It was bad information that they were sharing. And so that was one of the biggest challenges getting into it is there weren't a lot of people sharing with us how to do it. And so that's one of the cool things where, you know, we're able to help a lot of people get into this industry so that they can help a lot of people and also do very well financially. Is there a price point of homes that people tend to target that, that is in the wheelhouse? And maybe is there, because we're saying we're, we're trying to do nicer homes, but I, I would figure maybe million dollar homes aren't right for this model. That's a great question. Every market will obviously be different. You know, I'm going to San Francisco next week and, you know, a thousand square foot homes could be a million dollars, yeah, right? right? And yep. out here, a thousand square foot home is going to get you a five, 6,000 uh, square foot home. So every market's going to be a little bit different, but just as is uh, Arizona is cheaper to buy the real estate, it's also a little bit cheaper to be in an assisted living, right? If you look at the average rates um, and a good website is genworth.com. If you type that in forward slash cost of care, um, across the country, what they do is they survey all of the assisted livings um, and they ask them, what does it cost to live in a private room in your facility? And when you look at places like, let's just say for example, San Francisco, San Jose, Santa Cruz, those are very, very expensive places. Even New Jersey, right? That's also a very expensive place to live. If you want to live in those places, that's fine. It's just going to cost you a lot more. And so when we talk about the average rates, you know, nationwide, it's about 4,000, but in a place like New Jersey, it might be five or 6,000 on average for a good private room in an assisted living. And there's people, by the way, are paying twice that. We're talking about the average. So when it comes to the average home, um, one of the big things that's going to depend on is how many residents can I have in that home, right? The real yep. estate cost and how much are people paying? You know, when you have all those variables put in place, it's like an eighth grade, you know, math equation. You put the variables in place and then boom, it spits out the answer. So whether the deal is 200,000 or a million and a half, you know, the biggest thing is, is this a good deal or not? Um, that's what we show you is how to go through those um, equations and say, you know, with this many residents at this rate, at this cost for the project, is this a good deal? So sometimes it is a million dollars plus. Sometimes it's under 500,000. It'll just really depend on that particular situation, location, and those certain variables that you can plug in there. What was the site again? Uh, the site right there is www.genworth.com forward slash cost of care. G-E-N? Yes, G-E-N. That organization, there's about 40,000 assisted livings, big and small across the country. The majority of those are smaller residential ones, and they survey all of them. And they get about, I think it's about 18,000 of those surveys back and they share that information. So great website to look at. So if there's someone who's a potential candidate that, that's sourcing these, uh, you know, these facilities, why aren't they going to the, you know, I'm, I'm blanking the name, but they're like Sunbelt Assisted Living Facility. Oh, yes. That's like um, 500 beds, you know, all yeah. the amenities and, you know, everything else. Why aren't they going there? That's a great question. Um, you know, the biggest differences between us and the big box is what we call them just generically for, you cool. know, the okay. bigger facilities uh, is a couple of things. First off, you know, those facilities, if you've ever seen them or walked in them, they're huge, they're massive, and they're gorgeous, right? A lot of times they're very nice. Um, quality isn't the problem that they have. The problem is if someone's in their 80s or their 90s and they're walking, you know, like incredibly slow, right? 
the idea of them walking thousands and thousands of feet to breakfast mm -hmm. and then to the rec hall and then back to their room and then back for lunch. That, I mean, that is like a marathon for these people. And so what happens a lot of times because the facility is so big and it can be confusing and, you know, it's, it's tough. They, a lot of times, will just stay in their rooms. And that's a really sad thing because they're not able to go out and function with those other residents. The other challenge is, too, is when someone's in their 80s or 90s, and maybe they've been living alone in their home for the past 20 years, right now we're going to go put them in an environment where they're hanging out with 500 strangers, right? Yeah. And maybe for an extrovert, right, that's awesome. But a lot of us, um, we'd rather live in our own home. Right. And the reason why a lot of people don't just live in their own home and hire out a caregiver to live there, there are services that you can call. They'll bring someone out there, but it's about 24 to $25 on average to have someone come out there. So if you're doing around the clock care, you know, that could be 10, 15, $20,000 a month plus the expenses of your home and everything that's included there. The other big one is in the larger facilities, a lot of times the caregiver to resident ratio is not as good. In our homes, we have a one to four, one to five, one to six caregiver to resident ratio. In a larger facility, they might say, we have a one to eight, you know, staff to resident ratio. Now the staff, now notice how I use that word, not caregiver, because yeah. it could be, hey, the guy mowing the lawn is part of the staff, right? And the person over here working in this office who never takes care of the residents is part of the staff. So really it might be one to 10, one to 15, uh. one to 20. And so when someone is comparing the two and they're saying, well, you know, this is a home, right? That's where they came from. That's where they want to be. Most people would rather be in their own home. Um, better caregiver to resident ratio. And it just makes a lot more sense, right? With the walking and everything like that, they'd rather choose our home. Um, so it's much more personalized from that standpoint. And very similar to the idea of, you know, my wife and I, we were just in Europe instead of staying in hotels, we said, we want to stay in Airbnbs because we want to live like the locals. And we want to, you know, we don't need all these extra amenities and we're paying resort fees and this and that. We don't need that. We're not going to use that. Right. And same ideas. It just makes a whole lot more sense um, from that standpoint. And so it's almost like the Airbnb version of, you know, assisted living. It's not the same, right? Don't confuse the two, but you know, it's just a better um, product that we can provide that unfortunately they just can't replicate on a large scale. See, I just thought up your next space, you go into the Airbnb assisted living space <laughs> for all the travelers who are over 75 out there. That'd there you awesome. go. I like and, it. Daniel, this, this is awesome. You know, always great to hear this guy and just, there's so much need for it and you guys are putting out a great product for everybody who's listening today. What's more that they can find out about you, find out about, you know, of course the Academy and find out about yeah. what you're doing. Most definitely. Well, if you go to the residential assisted living academy.com, that's going to be your best way to get a ton of information. Also, if you want to go to rel101.com, if you want some videos, if you want to set up a discovery call to find out if this is the right opportunity for you, you can do that as well. And that's what I'd really encourage is, you know, this industry, it's not right for everybody. But for some of uh, the listeners, some people who are investing, this is exactly the right opportunity for them. And so that's what we help you do is help you find that out and send you some videos, have a call with you and, and uh, come to that decision. Awesome. Emmanuel, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show. We appreciate your time. Hey, my pleasure. I look forward to hopefully coming back. That'd be Good. awesome. Sure will. I look forward to seeing where you guys are working and the next time around, we'll get you back shortly. That sounds good. I look awesome. forward to it.
good. This is Jason with the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast. Huge thank you to Emmanuel for coming on the show. Thank you to all the listeners. Of course, if you like what you hear today, go there and give us a five-star rating and review. It helps everybody else find these awesome topics like we're covering today. All right. Bye now. Mm-hmm.